Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, it is the second episode in a regular monthly Beef Masterclass series from expert farmers and I'm joined by JP Hammersley, dairy calf to beef farmer from County Tipperary. JP is a participant in the Green Acres Calf to Beef Programme and is operating a Frisian dairy calf to steer system. But first he gave me some background to his farm. I'm farming in Latin, just uh, outside Tipperary town. Uh, we're part-time farming. We're in a calf to beef system where we're buying in calves at four weeks of age and finishing through to the 28-month system, 28-30-month system. Um, we, we were buying in kind of 50 calves. We've increased that up now to 70 calves uh, this year and we'll probably go a little bit more from there. I suppose the one thing that kind of we've been kind of focusing on is buying all our calves off one local dairy farm. And we, we found that's worked out very well, worked for, very well for him and for us in that we buy in the calves in lots of 10 and 12. So it's easier for me to manage them. I suppose from joining the Green Acres program, we have changed how we were finishing our system. So um, we've moved to, before we were finishing our system at 28 and 30 month, and now we're going to do a 50-50 split of a 24 month and a 28 month system. I suppose the, um, the reason for actually doing that is that um, the 28 month system is more profitable per head, but to, um, to increase the output on the farm, we really needed to increase the the kilos per hectare that were produced and also that would drive on the profitability per hectare as well. You're buying all the calves from one local farmer. How important of an aspect is that for your business? Oh, that's, that's hugely important kind of for us because I am, we're getting a good healthy calf, a calf that you know that has been um, well treated and cared for um, through, their, through their life kind of till we get them. Um, we're also, I can see the cow that they're coming from and I know what, I'm, what kind of an animal I'm going to have when I get to slaughter. I suppose one thing I would see is that if I was to buy, buy a calf inside in the mart, you don't actually know what you're really getting till about their nine or 10 months and then you really start seeing their confirmation then. So that's kind of one of the big things for me. But also actually then, what helps me is the, the dairy farm I'm getting them off of has a good level of British Frisian within his um, within his herd, so that's kind of about um, 45 percent British Frisian, which is a, a big thing for me. Um, because I, I I find that actually I'm getting a good thrive off this off this breed of an animal. JP, can you outline how calves are reared on your farm and how you transitioned them to the outdoor environment? So the calves come on to the farm when they're three or four weeks of age. So what we'd first do is we'd vaccinate the calves when they come on site with an intranasal vaccine. And, and this is something that I kind of would have taken on actually as part of the Green Acres group. We then would have, I, because I get the calves in batches of 10 and 12, it makes it easier for me to rear them and to watch them in the smaller bundle, uh, smaller groups. We would start off actually feeding, where we'd be feeding them twice a day. Um, what I'd normally try doing is weaning at seven to eight weeks of age. So we'd start reducing them down uh, close to that time. I suppose my main focus is to, um, to develop the rumen. So I would be using, um, 
I'd be using our kind of ration. Uh, what we use is Greenvale ration actually here. It's a lot of molasses in that ration. So the calves really like it. So they'll, they'll eat a lot of it at the start. So I kind of find that's kind of very good for me. And then we'd actually transition them onto nuts. I suppose what we'd also do is we would have a shed with access to a field. Um, so I can then transition those calves onto the next shed where they're getting access to the grass, but also they can be locked in at night if the weather conditions change. And I then move on that group then onto um, another field afterwards. Um, I, I do have um, a mobile shed which can actually hold about 30 calves. So that kind of means that I get a greater flexibility around kind of managing my calves. My main focus with the calves is to get them out on grass as quickly as possible and get them eating at least a kilo of ration um, at the very, very start. And that's the, the one thing I find has worked very well for me with the calves. Um, not, and not having them in the same shed means it also reduces any risk of any other diseases that could occur at least they're broken up into different bundles and it saves us in that. Yes, and outline how have calves performed on the farm. So once you turn them out to grass over the grazing season until now that they're coming in to be housed, how have they performed and what targets are you setting? I suppose where the calves are actually done quite well this year. What we saw at the mid-season, so mid-season weighing, what we do is we'd weigh them um, three times a year at turnout, mid-season and at housing. So um, our mid-season weights were hitting an average of 171 kilos. Um, that would be about 30 kgs above what uh, the target weights were from Tagish. So we were quite happy with that now. They were working very well. I suppose our main thing with the calves is that we're constantly giving them fresh grass every day. So we're giving the, um, the distance of a stake or two every day, depending on their grass, on their grass demand. And that's kind of really um, born fruit, I think, for us. I suppose where we are at the moment is the cats into doing well. Uh, from the targets, um, the live weight gain that we've seen, I suppose up to now we've been seeing a live weight gain of 0.9 of a kilo per day um, last year. And I suppose looking at that into this year, then we're expecting a kind of a weight around 280 kgs on housing. So 1st November. Um, but I'd be kind of happy with those anyway. It'll set us up well actually when we start going into um the next stage and we're not kind of trying to recover kind of lost weight actually during the first season the target weights of 0.9 kilos a day are excellent jp how have the yearlings that you've turned out this spring performed on your farm during the grazing season and what targets have you set for them well the yearlings actually they were um they they were working quite well. We were about uh, 30 kgs above coming out of the housing. Um, first of July, we saw a weight of 4.46 average for those cattle. Um, they were similar enough actually on the live weight gains, actually around the 0.9 um, up to then. Probably it might be a little bit better, hopefully later on. Um, from based on last year, we're probably expecting that the housing weights be around 5.42. Um, um, so I'm kind of happy enough with how, how they've actually uh, responded. I suppose it was a challenging year this year in that we did have the kind of the drought there earlier on. Then the, um, August then started getting wet. So um, yeah, things are, things are going okay on that. And grass plays a huge role in your system that you've highlighted. How do you set up the farm to make the most use of grass? But one thing with the farm here, and it was kind of the focus we took from the very start was on setting up our soil fertility 
then our kind of a grazing infrastructure and then kind of grass management then from there. But on our grazing infrastructure, I would have set out at the very start how many um, how many cattle I would plan to put in every into uh, every paddock, worked out what their their daily demand was going to be. So 2% of their body weight, work it out from there. And then we actually um, would have had the figure then of about 0.7.8 of a hectare would be required um, for for a day or a day and a half of um, grass. So from that then, we would have divided the paddock into 45 uh, different paddocks. That's actually quite worked quite well for us. Um, uh, because it means it gives me an awful lot more flexibility uh, in the margins of the year that I can move them on quicker and slower and they're not going back over um, back over um, grass as well or they're not going or they're not in within a field for longer than one day or one and a half days uh, it also means that the grass the ground here can be heavy in parts so it means that it reduces the level of poaching but what I found is that being able to put cattle into a paddock for the day, day and a half, that it works quite well. JP, you're measuring grass on a weekly basis and recording it on Pasture Base Ireland. What benefits do you see to measuring grass on a weekly basis? It's great to actually get a bit of uh, forward vision and how things are going. I suppose this year, uh, we're at 11 tonnes there, um, produced this year. I suppose to give you a bit of background on that, um, we started reseeding last year. I suppose the farm was never... Um, had never been receded previously and I suppose uh, what I really focused on I was kind of going back to kind of we were looking at soil fertility then grazing infrastructure but then actually onto the grass management and I suppose finally we wanted to look at the um, reseeding and that's kind of where because we have all the other building blocks in place I'm now able to kind of focus in on the receding and be able to increase the level of um, grass that's on the farm but I think working off a permanent pasture we have 23 acres receded um, last year so we're getting the real benefit of that this year but being at 11 tonnes this year is quite good. I suppose one thing I'd also do is the pre-grazing covers we'll be going into is around 11-1200 kilos per hectare so I, I like to go into light covers, which we can get in and out of the paddocks very quickly. And like I said, on the margins of the years, that's so important actually for us. You've highlighted soil fertility as being very important for you. How have you improved soil fertility on the farm in the past? But as well, what we do is we do um, soil testing every two years here. So I suppose we've always been um, quite good on the soil fertility. Um, being involved in REFs previously, and in loss, that uh, is it was part of it. So we've always had the testing done and we'd all, we would have um, applied the lime when required. So that's made a huge benefit to us. And also we've, we would have set up maps for the farm and actually focused on which areas have the correct indexes um, of P's and K's and then been able to focus slurry and fertilizer on those areas that were a bit lacking. So that's kind of worked well for us. JP, for the winter feeding plan for your farm this winter, how have you improved the quality of your silage and what steps have you taken to achieve this? Well, I suppose there's two main parts to that one in that uh, with the reseeding, I would have um, targeted the, re the silage ground last year uh, for, the, um, uh, for reseeding. Also, what that meant was I was able to grow a lot more 
better quality grass, but also I was going in at the correct time. So this year, our first cut of silage was taken on the 15th of May, and we got a DMD of 75 uh, for our first cut. I suppose on our second cut, our DMD was slightly lower in that after cutting our first cut of silage, the drought did kick in and we, we went off and we would have cut the 1st of June, or sorry, 1st of July. And when we cut on the 1st of July, we saw actually that due to the drought, the grass had got um, stressed and had actually gone to a bit more stems. So we lost a bit of uh, feed quality in that. But I think it's something that we can actually manage then throughout the winter uh, in relation to how we're going to target this grass or tar target this silage to some of the finishing stock and supplement with feeding. And what will you be feeding the 75 DMD silage to? So it's good actually that we have the have our options, but I think where I'm going to focus at the moment is our stores, which will be finished, our store cattle, which will be our 28, 30 month cattle. We will we will, uh, use 75 DMD silage with that. And the 70 DMD silage we will use for the weanlings and the cattle that we finished for the 24 month. I suppose the main focus and why we're doing that is that I'm limiting the amount of work that I'll need to do on the farm during the winter in that I'll only have to feed two lots of cattle and that the stores will be able to manage um, without any additional supplement uh, supplements for the, with the 75 DMD silage. And can you talk me through the management of the weanlands from housing now until turnout next spring and what targets you expect to achieve this winter? Yeah, well, I suppose what I'm going to do is... Um, Based on the, the silage results anyway, I can see I probably need to supplement that with about 1.2 kgs of, of meal. So we'll be bringing those um, cattle in there the middle of November. And I suppose kind of um, the feeding, we are, I like to kind of keep things quite simple actually for the feeding. So once they come in, we'll bring them onto the silage um, introduce our nuts on that um, I suppose I'd be hoping of trying to achieve a weight gain of 0.8 um, throughout, the, throughout the year or throughout the, the winter time um, and look hopefully we'll be able to achieve that. You mentioned that the stores that are coming in now to be finished are targeting 540 kilos now at housing, how do you plan to finish these stock over the winter from housing now to finish? Yeah so what we'll do is we'll go on to We'll be splitting these um, the, the group into um, a 50-50 split for the 24 and 28 month. So the 24 month then, we will go in with about 4.5 kgs and we'll try targeting kind of a 100-day finishing on those cattle. So it means that we can spread out the, the kill rate or the kill then for the year then throughout the two uh, throughout the two parts of the year then so hopefully in around February, March um, we'll be able to slaughter those and then the other ones then will go in around July You mentioned that you vaccinate the calves when they come in what is your health programme and plan for the farm from once you buy in the calf until they're finished? Well what we try doing is um, we vaccinate them then with the intranasal spray I've been looking enough that I've never had a huge amount of problem with pneumonia on the farm I would put that down to kind of the way that we manage the sheds and the way that we have the calves split up throughout the, their early year, early time on the farm. So I suppose we'd have one shed where we'd have the very young calves, which would just be coming, coming onto the farm. And then they'd move on to a different house then as they get a bit older and while we're weaning them um, off milk. 
and then they would move out onto the outer shed. So having three different sheds means I can split down the level of risk of any pneumonia or other kind of uh, outbreaks that could actually potentially occur. Um, I suppose kind of we would we'd have great attention to detail actually when we're minding the calves in that because they're in groups of 10 and 12, it's very easy to watch them in the morning when we're feeding them, making sure they're, they're in good health and then just kind of intervening then if needs be at an early stage. Um, attention to detail is critical, I think, with calves. Um, you, can't, you can't have never enough eyes on calves at that young age. And in relation to a dosing programme over the grazing season? So in the grazing season, what we do is we would... We very much kind of, from being the Green Eagle programme, uh, focused on taking the um, dung samples there um, throughout the grazing season, seeing what the burden is. Uh, I suppose I'd be always kind of uh, aware that not to go in too early, give them some level of natural resistance to who's and stuff, and then to kind of work through that, taking your dung samples and then kind of intervening when, is re- when required. And what's the plan for the health programme now from housing? So what we what we will do is we will about three weeks before housing we will um, go in and dose and then actually once in housing after after about six weeks we will probably go in again and just make sure that um, we have everything cleared um, so that they're in a good state then and that there is no major burden on these cattle at any particular time. GP, you're a member of the Green Acres programme. In your opinion, what are the top three tips you would have for farmers in a similar system and how you've improved your efficiency in your system? Well, I suppose my thing is um, to keep the thing very simple. A simple system is very easy to manage. I suppose from my, from my own experience in this, I have three groups of animals on the farm. Any one time, they're the calves, year and a half, and finishing cattle. I suppose kind of how I approach the thing back in 2015 when I originally wanted to focus on I wanted to do the farm better, I would have set out a plan of what I wanted to do for the next three to four years. And I was kind of very much identifying what the strengths were, what I had here in the farm, that I was on one block of land, I'd access the calves. I had some paddocks, but I could improve on those. And I had some level of sheds, but I needed to kind of do more work on those as well. So I think that'd be my kind of main thing is focus on your strengths and keep it as simple as possible and that's so important I think actually to having a beef system that runs very efficiently. I suppose my main target on the farm is to run the farm on 16 to 18 hours per week on the average and I can achieve this by key, by by doing this actually by keeping the very simple system and I suppose that's kind of the main thing where there is the profitability in beef it's based very much around how many hours of labour do you have to apply to the farm for it to work. I think keeping it simple is a practical tip that can be taken on by any farming system. And as you mentioned, attention to detail is critical, particularly in this system, but is important in any beef production system. Thanks, JP. Thank you. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to JP for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.